Who'd you feel most sorry for there? <laughs> I love that video. I, I felt most sorry for the kid dancing alone. Oh my gosh, middle school's rough enough. Anyway, yeah, so, uh, uh, you know, I think that we all probably in our lives have participated in something or been a part of something that was meant to be done in community, and we decided to go at it alone. We decided to be a lone, a lone ranger. You know, maybe it wasn't um, you know, riding a, a bicycle meant for two, or maybe it wasn't a pillow fight um, by yourself, or maybe it wasn't the poor kid dancing by himself. Um, again, that brought back some memories right there. But anyway, so like, but I think that in our lives, we probably all have experienced something that we kind of reflected back on and thought, my goodness, why did I do that by myself? And today we're going to be taking a look at what I believe is a, a pivotal point in the New Testament. And, and, and we're, we're not in a series right now, but, uh, but I just felt led as we, we kick off the year to focus as a church on something that is so vitally important. And we're going to be taking a look at a passage that I think is really kind of one of the tipping points in the New Testament. I think there are many different tipping points, many different important parts, but this one we're going to be taking a look at today is a very highly important one. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to be taking a look at just two verses today, and we're going to be taking a really in-depth look at especially the first of those two verses. I hope that you, by being here today, uh, demonstrates your commitment to uh, being here. And so I, I want to give this disclaimer here this morning that for some of you, you're going to be like, hey, Todd, you're kind of preaching to the choir this morning. And yes, I am. Uh, my hope and my prayer is, is that if this is the first time that you've been here in a while, or maybe you've missed, or maybe you've just been kind of like absent for a while, that this would encourage you to get more involved. And for those of you who are faithful in attending worship and being part of groups and that sort of thing, that you would make a, a new commitment to being a part of the body of Christ, because we have a great privilege, don't we, to be a part of this body of Christ. This thing he calls a body, and part of the reason it's called the body is in the New Testament, it's compared to a body. The church is compared to different things through the New Testament, and one of them is a body where each individual part has its own role, but they function together as a group. And we're going to be taking a look at, at that today. i got to be honest with you, there, there are some things... That, that we do individually. There are certain sports that are individual sports. There are certain things that we're supposed to do. You know, it, spiritually speaking, Jesus talks a lot about getting alone. He talks a, a lot about, and he even demonstrated with his life, uh, of a period of time where he retreated and he pulled back from the crowd to be able to get alone with God. And a lot of his nourishment, a lot of his spiritual nourishment came from those times when, when he was alone with God. But then, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but Jesus was like, there, there was really like, he was either with God or he was with people in community. There wasn't much in between. There wasn't like Jesus just unintentionally like just kind of existing. He was either with God alone or he was in community. And I think that we sometimes maybe dismiss the connection between being in community with other believers and our spiritual growth. You see, I believe that you have a lot 
to offer someone else. I think that you have a lot to give to someone else, perhaps someone who's even right here in this body of Christ. And I would hate for someone to miss out on the blessing that you can provide to them by being absent and away from community. We kind of approach life sometimes like the Lone Ranger. How many of you remember the Lone Ranger when you watch it? I'm just old enough to remember watching, I believe it was on Saturday morning, the Lone Ranger, and it was black and white, all right? I know I look really, really young, but I actually watched the Lone Ranger in black and white before it was syndicated or whatever, you know, uh, like I remember that. Remember the Lone Ranger? Like sometimes we live life in our, in our Christian life a little bit like Lone Rangers, kind of go at it by ourselves, kind of do our own thing, kind of make up rules as we go that really like only apply to others and don't really apply to ourselves, or maybe they apply to ourselves and they don't apply to other people. Like we really do have a tendency when it comes to the Christian life to try to do things by ourselves, and oh my goodness, the damage that we do, the mistake we make when we choose to live life alone and not in community There are so many lone rangers in the church, and my prayer and my challenge to us is that we wouldn't be a church of lone rangers, that we would be a people who live and love being in community together. I want to take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, and I think it's always good to get a little bit of a background, and especially when you're talking about Hebrews. I love the book of Hebrews. It may be one of the most misunderstood of the New Testament books Um, There's not a lot of evidence of who wrote Hebrews. Some people think Paul, who wrote most of the rest of the New Testament, wrote it. Uh, Some people think that it possibly was one of uh, the disciples or one of the first church fathers, possibly even James. But we don't know for sure who wrote it. Um, Stylistically and kind of how it was written, there's not really a clear indication of who it might be. But we know this that this letter or this book was written to the Jews who had converted to Christianity. These were people who once were Jewish and they they followed the strict interpretation of the Jewish law and and they chose to become followers of Jesus. And really in the first church, in those maybe first few years after Jesus um, died and, and rose again from the dead. Um, yes, the church was beginning to spread into places where there were Gentiles, but largely the church as it existed was Jewish. And so this writer was writing a letter to help the people of the first church understand what had changed with Jesus. And in Hebrews chapter 10, we come to this great passage that's right before a more familiar chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. And we find the writer encouraging those people and encouraging us today to um, understand that Jesus came to bring the law to completion. And he's writing this message of, and he's talking about how because of Christ's sacrifice, no longer does there need to be any animal sacrifices anymore. Now we don't have to go through a priest to go to God. Now we can go to him on our own. And and the writer is is really speaking essentially about all the different things that we gain as Christians. 
And so it's a pretty important change. It, it moves essentially from responsibilities and a, a list of to-dos to the fact that what Jesus did is he, he intended for us to be in community with God in a relationship, not rules. And so he comes to these two, verse, these two verses, uh, verse 24 and 25, and I think like the whole kind of story of the church hinges on what happens in these two verses. Let's take a look at this morning. Hebrews 10, verse 25, 24 and 25. Here's what the writer says. He says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And let us consider, I want to read it again, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And I want to begin it with the end, and then we're going to back up, and we're really going to focus on verse 24 for a minute, because what the writer is saying here is, is he's saying that we need to not, he kind of gives a list of a few things that we're not supposed to do in verse 25. He says, we shouldn't neglect to meet together as, as the habit of some. He, he kind of like shots fired there, as is the habit of some. That was like a low blow, wasn't it, right? Yeah, he's like, yeah, don't do what these people are doing. Have you ever been the example of what not to do in your life? That's a fun one, isn't it? Like, don't do what Todd's doing. Like, that, what he's doing right there, don't do that. And so he kind of like, you know, kind of like low blow there. Don't neglect to meet together as, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day uh, drawing near. The day drawing near is, is the second coming of Jesus. And, and he says, as you see signs of the latter days, of the signs of the second coming of Christ, the return of Jesus, all the more why we should meet together. And I got to tell you, church, um, in many ways, I think that message is for us. Because in so many ways, if you really look at what's going on in the world, if you look at what's going on, you can see that there are just more and more indications that day is drawing near. And so we ought to be encouraged to meet together more than any other time. I want to go back to verse 24. He says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And I want us to study a few of the words that were used here because we can learn a lot through the language that was, was used in Scripture. And the first thing that the writer says, I think that's important, and he uses a word, he uses a phrase here let it, in the English, let us consider how. That whole phrase there is actually one word in the original language. And, and there's a little bit of a turn on the words here. This is really interesting. The words would have been considered... Um, to be used when talking about some kind of right or ordinance that's religious in nature. Like, let us consider how we should do this. And so he uses that on purpose to begin to turn. Remember, he's just talked in the first part of chapter 10 about the fact that everything that you once knew, all the, the sacrifices and all the law and all, all the, the high priest, um, that all has been brought to a, a conclusion or a completion because of the coming of Jesus, because he's come and he's died and he's risen again from the dead. And, and so there's a little bit of a turn of the words, and he says, let us consider 
how, and it would have reminded them that this, this, of this like spiritual practice, that there's a, a nature, there's kind of an order to spiritual practice, a little bit of maybe what we talked about last week when we celebrated the Lord's Supper together. And so it kind of speaks to that. And so they would have been hanging on every word and they would have wondered, okay, what's next here? How can we then consider? All right. And he says, let us consider. And then the next word he says here is he says, let us consider how to stir up, stir up. And this is a really, really interesting word that's used here. Because if you really take a look at the word, I use the word provoke on the slides here today. When you take a look at that, that, that phrase, stir it up or stir up, the word that's used there means provoke. And if you, you continue to do the, the, the study, it's like he's trying to communicate this idea of almost provoking to anger. Now, he's not encouraging the people of the first church to provoke each other to anger. That's not what he's trying to say. But he's using a word that would have brought up this idea of, of kind of like, like, okay, all right, I got it. Like, have you ever had anyone, like, bug you about something so much? You're like, look, I get the idea. I understand what you're saying. Back off, or as my son's favorite word is today, annoy, dad. Stop annoying me, all right? So, like, that's the word. I'm convinced that's all middle schoolers' favorite word. But anyways, like, that's kind of the idea that the author is writing here, and he's trying to drive home a point almost in a shocking, jarring manner. Listen, I want you to hear this today, church, that we should provoke, that we should be about this, that we should, like, not to annoy people, but we should be talking about this. It's that. So he says, let us consider, let us look for ways. And by the way, I, I forgot to mention that word consider means to look for or to, to seek or to investigate. So he says here, let us look for, seek or investigate ways. Consider how we should stir up or provoke. In fact, some of your Bibles may actually have that word provoke. But what is it that he's encouraging us to stir up? Well, I want to talk about two other words. The first one is love. He says, stir up or provoke love. Let us consider ways that we should stir up or provoke love. And the word that's used is a word that we are very familiar with and that Justin and I are going to be teaching on coming up here in a few weeks. It's the word that you probably, or maybe one of the most familiar words in the Bible, and that's love, or in the, in the Greek, it's agape. But the way that it's used here, it's used in a very interesting manner, and the way that it's used connotates the idea of getting together for a meal. I love it when the Bible talks about food. <laughs> and we talked about it last week, and we talk about it often, that God often uses food or a meal, something physical, to communicate a principle that's spiritual in nature. And he does the same thing here with the way that the word love is used. In fact, one, um, one actual uh, you know, commentary said it's almost like you could insert the, the phrase love feast 
That sounded a little weird to me, but okay, I get the idea that like he is encouraging the people of the first church that now that the law has been completed, now that we can go to God, now that this vertical relationship is just wide open, now he's encouraging us to be stirred up in terms of this horizontal relationship. And he's driving home how vitally important it is for us to have meaningful relationships. And in the Jewish culture, those meaningful relationships were forged in the community. They were forged in the temple courts. They were forged in the public arena, but they were most clearly forged around the dinner table. And so once again, we're reminded how important it is for us to get outside the four walls of this church and to be able to meet with people. The second thing he says is good works here. He uses a word that means good works. And I I kind of took a a, a conglomeration of different uh, studies and came up with this idea of advantageous undertaking. The, The word is more than just task. It's like the writer is saying, is saying here, hey, I, I want us to consider how we can stir each other up to loving each other better and maybe going out there and just doing a few things to help people out. That's not what he's saying at all. He's not saying that at all. He's saying, I, I want to provoke you and I want to encourage you and I want you to consider ways that you would stir each other up towards love and being on a mission. Uh, some of you know I'm a huge Liverpool fan. Um, that's a soccer club in England, if you don't know, by the way. So I, I'm, my son and I are huge soccer fans in Liverpool. I've been a fan of them since 2010 when we were over in England and somebody took us to a, a, a game. They don't call them games over there. What do they call them? matches. Oh man, I'm impressed. You guys are really up on your EPL stuff, man. Way to go. So anyway, so they're matches, right? So they took me to a match and I was just like, yep, this is it. This is my team right here, Liverpool. And they're having an amazing year, incredible year. And and I heard someone say the other day, it's not just that they want to win games. They're on a mission. They're doing this to win the Premier League. And church, that's what we have. We have a clear mission. Our mission as Christ followers is to go and to tell and to raise up disciples. It's that great commission that we're given. That's not just like something that just church people do. That's not something that just, I hate to like break the news to you, that pastors do. That's something that we all are to be about. And the writer here is driving home this idea that we need to be about good works that help people, but it's more than just helping people, it's helping them spiritually. And the best way that we can help people spiritually is to drive home towards that mission of telling people about the love of Christ. This is what the writer is wanting us to stir up. Now, how in the world does that apply to the modern-day church? Because let's face it, this was first century. This was in the first century. How does it apply to us? Well, I think stirred up at Hilton Head Island Community Church means that we run towards any opportunity to gather at church. And i got to tell you, right out of the gates, 
one of the decisions that we made long ago is that we would do everything that we could to not be busy for busy's sake as a church. Have you ever been in a church that's busy just for busy's sake? Like, I don't think people realize, do you know how many Sundays there are in a year? There are 52 Sundays in a year. We gather together, and, and we come together, and we worship God 52 weeks a year. We don't need another concert just for concert's sake. We don't need another conference just for a conference's sake. We as a church have committed to doing a few things well. And sometimes, I get it, sometimes we get a little crazy and we, we, let it, we let it go out the door with things. But we are really trying to be committed as a church to really focus on Sunday morning and groups and serving our community. That's about it. That's it. Because I believe that's what God told us that we're supposed to be about in the New Testament. And one of those most important things, groups and, 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 and studies, I'll include studies in that, Bible studies, are part of what he wants us to do. And so we've got two environments where I think we can stir this up. The first one is you're at it. I'm preaching to the choir. You're here Sunday morning, stirred up. Our phrase has always been um, when you are here, be here. When you're here in town, be here. And I want to encourage you, when you're here, be here. I want to encourage you, when you're in town, be, be, be here. Be with other believers. You don't know how much you can give to someone else just in an hour on Sunday morning. You don't know how much you can receive from God in just an hour on Sunday morning. I want to encourage you, to, when you're here, be here. Now, I want to talk to the WebStream audience for a second. They're watching, by the way. We, we web stream this live. That's something that most churches are doing today, and um, I, I want to encourage you. If you're watching the web stream today, you might feel a little bit in a minute like the people that, like, when this writer said, don't forsake the meeting together like they are. Uh, so here's the deal. We put together web stream, and we have, um, believe it or not, uh, we've got about, on a weekly average, we've got about 140 people who go out and watch the web stream, either then either like right now or in the next service or throughout the week, all right? That's a lot. That could represent as many as 300 different people, and I am so glad we've done this. We've got people from other countries. We've got people from, from other continents in Europe and, 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 um, and Africa who have, uh, you know, sent messages in saying we love it. Thank you so much. We've got people who um, just really are behind the web stream. But i got to tell you, um, we didn't start the web stream for, for convenience and comfort, that would be, um, yeah, that, that was a little harsh, wasn't it? All right, so I'm cool with that. All right, so we didn't start it so that you could just sit at home and just enjoy it at home. All right, we started the web stream for those times when it's necessary. If you're sick, if you're working, if you're away from church, you can still be a part of your church. We started it for people who are far off and don't have a church. They may have a connection with Hilton Head Island Community Church. We didn't start it so that you could sit in your home and be by yourself and be in your PJs, all right? That's cool if you do that, but I'm just saying you're really not meeting together like Hebrews talks about here. And I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to use that web stream the way that we intended it to be used. If you're a parent here, I want to encourage you. Justin's down here to my right. He, he and Andrea have been here um, for over six months, I think about nine months now. And, man, I'm so excited about the job that they're doing in our students. But parents, 
your students are dependent upon you to get them here to experience the gathering together of Christ followers. And if you're a parent in here and you are, are like many of you who have talked to me about this and I've been there before, okay, you're like, I don't know what to do spiritually. Like I've been there before. I get that. You know what you can do? You can get in the car and you can come to church. At our service, it starts at 1045, almost at 11, but I didn't. It's 1045. We've got a group that sits down here, don't we, um, Justin and Andrea, of students that, that meet together, and they sit down here, and they're in community, and it is awesome. And if you're, if you're especially a high school student and you're not doing that, man, I want to encourage you to, to be here at 1045. And now, I might have just caused problems in families, and I'm sorry. That's fine. But, like, I want to encourage you to be here um, for that. Um, if you're a parent of a lower school um, child, if, if your kid's in, in lower school, Leslie Shaw and our, our kids' ministry, Highland Kids, they do an amazing, amazing job back there. But you could possibly be a spiritual stumbling block for your child if you don't make the effort to come to church. When you're here, be here. I want to encourage you on one other thing. We have this welcome time. I got emailed this week from someone who said, that's my favorite part of the service is the welcome time. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. That's fine. I'm good with that. That's, that's good. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. I don't know if you notice, our band, like, they, they stop playing, and they t they'll tell you, someone will tell you, hey, turn around and meet somebody. And they don't start the next song until you're done. So here's my challenge, Hilton Head Island Community Church. Next Sunday, let's let that song get delayed a little bit longer. All right? I want to encourage you to go meet someone new. I want to encourage you on Sunday morning to sit in, a, in an area of this church that you don't sit in normally so you can meet someone else. I want to encourage you. Yeah, if you're with your group, that's cool. I'm cool with that, all right? That's cool. I, don't, I'm, I got a group over here. They're glaring at me right now, all right? So, like, look, I get that, but I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to, to take that opportunity. We don't do that without intention. We don't do that because there's someone that's calling in each week going, did you do your welcome time in the service? Like, we do that so that you actually can get to know someone, and you can maybe even find a group. I'll talk about groups in a moment. Brunch. Once a month, we have brunch. That, you know, brunch is spiritual. It is here because it's your opportunity to meet people that you've never met before. So be a part of of brunch when we have it once a month. All right, so we, we've got, it's our Sunday morning worship. I want to encourage you when you're here, be here. And secondly, uh, is groups. And here's, here's my phrase. Find one, try one, and join one. It's just as simple as that. Right now in the life of this church, we have room for about 250 to 300 adults in groups. There are some of these groups that have two and three. Some of them are full, all right? Some of them aren't even listed. But today, I want you guys to take this out. You guys received this card. It says groups and serve card. And we use this throughout the year. We've just updated it. I want to encourage you 
to look through this card today. I want to encourage you to look through it this week. The passage that Cynthia read this morning was the very first group that met together. Yeah, they met together in the temple, but they also met together in their homes. And I encourage our groups, in fact, it's essential that our groups meet out in the community or in homes. It's a little uncomfortable sometimes. I know I've made a few people mad about that. I'm cool with that. Because you know what? The groups that meet on a regular basis are having an impact in our community. Some of them are meeting in restaurants. Some of them are meeting in coffee shops. Some of them are meeting in homes. And when people see that, they see the love that we have for each other. If you're here today and um, you're, you're a couple and you're in a marriage and you, you want to be a part of a marriage group, we've got a, a, a group that's, that's starting. We've got women's groups. We've got men's groups. We've got a men's prayer breakfast that I'm a part of, although over the last year they've called me the um, occasional guest. I, yeah, they just, I, I just got an amen. I got a modern amen over there because I haven't been a part of it as much because I've had some, some other things going on. But I want to encourage you to peruse this. I want you to find one. I want you to try one. And I want you to join one. Groups are essential. This is where you're going to get to know people more intimately. Our, our, listen, if you're a student and you're listening or, or watching or you're in here, I want to encourage you. Um, our, our student pastor, Justin, is as committed to group life as I am as this lead pastor of this church. It's huge. It's huge. Chris McBride will be back with us here in a few weeks. She's our groups and connections director. She's done an amazing job. And, and I got to tell you, here, I want to tell you this as we, we close today. Um, in the fall, she kicked off our group's ministry. And uh, she did an amazing job. We had probably the best training that we've ever had as a church right back here in backstage back in, I think it was August with our groups. It was awesome. It was great. She was excited. I was excited. Little did she know that within the next week to two weeks that her son Andrew would get the diagnosis that he had cancer. And many of you were at his celebration of life service this last Sunday. And it has been a very difficult time for the McBride family. Losing a 25-year-old son is one of the hardest things that somebody could ever go through. But I want you to know that what I saw this past Sunday night was the church at work. Because a family that was grieving had people that showed up for Andrew's celebration of life from churches that they were a part of a small group from 30 years ago. And there were people that showed up for his celebration of life who they were with the McBrides in a group at a different church in a different city 20 years ago. And we had a whole huge group of people that showed up here that are a part of this church and a part of Chris and Dave's different groups that they're a part of that are a part of this church, and it was one of my proudest moments as your pastor. They were loved on. They were cared for. We were fed. There was more food. I thought Jesus had come and fed the 5,000 for a minute. It was incredible. And I want you to know that that is the church. That is the church. 
lot of you know I don't like little kind of cliche, Christian cliches and phrases. Uh, and one of my least favorite is you can be a blessing and you can receive a blessing. But I got to be honest with you. Some of you are missing out. Doesn't matter what age group you're a part of. Doesn't matter if you're single. Doesn't matter what phase of life you're in if you're single. Doesn't matter what phase of life in if you're a parent. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're not a part of being here on Sundays and being a part of a group or a Bible study at this church, you are missing out on receiving a blessing. But I want you to know today, you're also missing out on being a blessing. Church, let's get involved. Let's stir each other up. And let's be about what it means to be a part of a community. Because this life was never meant to be lived alone. Father, I just thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for the encouragement and the challenge to stir each other up to love and good works. And God, may we not take that lightly. God, may we take that seriously. God, I pray that we would realize that there's a richness. There is a, a, a depth that we can have in our relationship and our journey with you. Yes, by being in solitude with you, by, but also and as importantly, by being in community with others. God, that's the way you, that you designed it. It's the way that you designed us, and it is what you intend for us. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would search our hearts, that you would pierce us from within. And God, I pray that if, um, if we have gotten a little bit, just a little bit casual, a little bit comfortable, maybe a little too focused on convenience, Maybe a little bit afraid, maybe a little bit fearful. Maybe if we've allowed our previous wounds to keep us from fellowship with other believers, God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus, in his powerful name, as we sang about just a few minutes ago, that you would take that away. And God, that you would challenge us and push us to be a part of a group, to be a part of Sunday worship. God, I pray that this church and this community is changed because of it. God, I pray for each one of us who may have come to this place weary, just kind of out of sorts, maybe restless a little bit, a little bit disturbed about life. God, I pray that maybe right now, just in the quietness and stillness of this room is our band plays, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us and help us to realize that sometimes that comes from a place of being disconnected. Oh, what a great opportunity that you've given us to be connected to the body of Christ. Help us to take advantage of it every single time that we can. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.